10 players on the offensive side of the ball are set to be free agents for the Titans this coming offseason. We're going to go through them one by one and decide, should the Titans re-sign this player or not? This is the Music City Audible. Let's get to it. We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media in partnership with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. With me, as always, is Justin Mello. And today we are talking through nine of the 10 free agents to be for the Titans on the offensive side of the ball. Here's what I want from you guys watching on YouTube. Subscribe to Music City Audible, blah, blah, blah. Subscribe to the channel. As we go through this, comment below. Should the Titans re-sign the player that we're talking about? Because we got a great list. I mentioned there are 10 players on offense. Derrick Henry is one of them. We talked extensively for like 20 minutes about whether the Titans should bring back Derrick Henry on our two episodes ago podcast so go back and listen to that one if you missed it justin how's it going doing well man glad to finally stop teasing our listeners you know (laughs) we've been teasing this uh offense defense preview we've done it every year essentially maybe doing it a little differently this year we decided to make a change a couple days ago and go with the combine episode just because we had such great nuggets from brian callahan and Rand carthon it wouldn't have made sense to gloss over that and just talk about the free agents. So you guys are the lucky ones. You get a whole separate episode here, and uh, we're going to go through these a little bit rapid fire. But if you're a, a loyal listener to this show, you know Graver and I don't do a very good job of rapid fire. We're going to try, but uh, we've certainly got a couple guys uh, to get through here, and I, I've got thoughts, extensive thoughts probably on all of them. All right, here's the list before we go through each one individually. Here's the list in order of how much money they were making in 2023 on the contract that is expiring now. So the list goes down the down from Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, we've already covered, Aaron Brewer, Chris Moore, Chris Hubbard, Nick Westbrook-Akina, Trayvon Wesco, Corey Levin, and then restricted free agent Calvin Throckmorton and exclusive rights free agent Julius Chestnut. Now on this episode, we're also going to talk Morgan Cox and Nick Folk, who are technically special teams players, we're not going to do a whole episode for two special teamers, so we're going to fold them that's into rude. this pod. What? People too. They're Long people. Of course. Are people too. Well, that's why we're folding them into the offense, the more important side of the ball, anyway, because it's more exciting and people care more about offense than defense. So, anyway, let's start with Ryan Tannehill. For a guy that gave so much to this organization, this is a pretty quick conversation. No. <laughs> no is correct, right? I, I think Ryan was pretty blunt throughout the season, as he should have been how disappointed he was to lose the starting job. He didn't hold any punches back. Um, I, I don't think he was super excited about, you know, uh, mentoring the next guy. It just, it is what it is. Thank you so much for 2019. 2020 and 2021 were a lot of fun until they weren't, right, when it got to the playoffs. It is what it, it didn't end well, obviously, but uh, there's just not a chance there's even a discussion here, right? Like, he's already being connected to reuniting with Arthur Smith and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That might be a good spot for him, you know, compete yeah. with Kenny Pickett. I think he'd have a chance to actually win that job and reunite with the offensive coordinator that uh, he looked so good alongside for so many years. So it's a quick conversation. We talked last time out. I think the Titans are going to have a new backup quarterback. I don't think it's going to be Ryan Tannehill. I don't think it's going to be Malik Willis. So 
It is a quick discussion. I don't think Tannehill has any interest, zero, in coming back here. How much money does he make? Probably not a lot, but I do think he gets that sort of, you know, that Baker Mayfield-like deal last year where he goes to a spot where he can compete with a young guy. It's not going to be in Tennessee. It's not competing with Will Levis, but it probably it could be competing with like a Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Tannehill could be set to be the ne- the league's next Ryan Fitzpatrick. He comes in as a backup. He takes over for the starter. He starts right. for a yeah. year or so. Then he gets benched for a new guy. I mean, that could totally be his arc <laughs> going forward. But again, thank you, Ryan Tannehill. Like Justin, you just said, we'll never forget 2019. Incredible run. Pretty much all downhill from there. Um, all right. Next guy on the list, Derrick Henry, we've covered extensively. After that, Aaron Brewer, center. Now, Spotrick somehow has a market value projection for Aaron Brewer. They've got him projected three years, $15 million, a 5.2 average annual salary. That is a higher number than what he was making last year when he made $4.3 million because it was— I don't think it's crazy, though. It's not crazy. I mean, $5 million a year for— what, a backup level offensive lineman? Oops, did I say that out loud? I say no to Aaron Brewer for the Titans because they need to get better. They just need to get better across the board uh, in interior of the offensive line. We've talked a lot about guys like Andre James on this podcast. Lloyd Cushenberry is another free agent Nick center Harris, that could who be. knows Bill Callahan as well. Exactly. Free agent. So there's good you know, draft class. At centers. least three good options in free agency. Multiple guys in the draft that could be coming and be day one starters. Cedric Van Pran, J- James Jack- Jackson, Powers Jackson Johnson. Powers Johnson. Um, so anyway, I'm going to go ahead and keep this one short for myself too and say no to Aaron Brewer, even though he may be tougher than a $2 steak. <laughs> I'm going to say no as well. This was a fun conversation. At least for me, it's more fun than I, everyone just says no and moves on immediately. I, I'm getting that in my mentions That's me. too. But I'm doing that. <laughs> uh, I, I think what's interesting is that like theoretically, he's athletic, which makes him a really good fit to run wide zone. You know, really good. He's been a really good run blocker throughout his time here. Like there are some characteristics that fit the un- incoming offense really well. And then there are the obvious ones that don't. If if Bill Callahan, Brian Callahan, excuse me, wants to go pass happy, Aaron Brewer struggles in pass protection, pretty well documented, not that strong, shorter arms than your, than your starting center. That's why they moved him to center. They thought they could hide him a bit more in pass pro there. Didn't really work out this year. Gave up you know quite a few pressures and sacks while being really good as a run blocker. Uh, so ultimately, I don't think the fit is there. I look at a team, though, don't be surprised, like the Los Angeles Rams. I think they just cut Brian Allen. Their starting center. It's a similar offense. Sean McVay, he'll love how athletic he is. I, I think the five million isn't crazy. He earned four last year, played more than a thousand snaps this year. I think that helps his case a little bit in free agency. He was healthy. Um, he's either a low end starter, really high end backup. Uh, but no, I don't think it's in Tennessee. I think they're going to try to get better there at center. Yeah. All right. Next guy on the list, wide receiver Chris Moore. Now, I'm in favor of bringing back Chris Moore. I thought he gave them some good snaps. Felt like he was good for one big play per game, pretty much, like a 20 to 40 yard down the field catch. Um, Now, of course, this all depends on what they do at the position because you think they're going to go out and sign maybe, you know, a, a fairly high profile free agent, assuming any of the wide receivers actually get to the market. You know, the Michael Pittmans, the Mike Evans. It seems like all these guys may end up being retained by their team. But... If they can bring in a guy like that, I think they will try. We just talked for you know 20 minutes on our last podcast about how they're going to target wide receiver in the draft and maybe even double down at the position. The guy coming up two spots down on the list is also going to be a factor here, Nick Westbrook-Akina. 
Um, I like Chris Moore. I thought the role that he was in was a good one for him. You know, that wide receiver three, four sort of like rotates in to take the top off the defense every once in a while. I thought he made some nice plays. I would be in favor of bringing back Chris Moore on, you know, a cheaper side, like a, a contract that's not paying him huge amounts of money, which I don't think he's going to make huge amounts of money. No. Um, what are your thoughts on Chris Moore? Because you kind of made some faces there that that maybe indicate you disagree. <laughs> I always have a face. Uh, no, I'm going to be a little, I don't want to say harsh, but because I love what Chris Moore gave the team this past year. You want to talk about a professional football player. That's what he is. He's tough. He's he's aggressive. He, he can block. He was dominant at the catch point at times. He made some crazy catches. He did. With coverage draped all over him. Like, he's a better football player than anyone knows he is, right? I think that's the truth. The reason I'm going to say no, that's why I was making faces, I just think they're, they're going to change this room up completely. They could. I really don't think there's going to be any holdovers from the Mike Vrabel, Tim Kelly offense. You want to get more explosive, speedier on offense. I know he made a couple of big plays, but he's not a young guy. He's not really a fit the description of the take the top he's off. Not just not a, he's not just not a young guy. He's going to be 31 this season. He's an right. old guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, geez, I feel old. But no, as for professional <laughs> athlete terms, he's not a young guy. So uh, I just think with a new regime, they're probably going to go in a different direction. Could totally see it. I would be in favor of bringing him back, but I don't feel like super strongly about it. So I could see that. Um, all right, next guy, tackle Chris Hubbard. I like Chris Hubbard. I thought he gave them great depth, good snaps. To me, the question is, he had suffered a pretty serious, what, torn bicep or something like that last year? It was a season ending. Yeah, hold on. I, you know what? I can I can probably find it in my messages because mm. I remember speaking to him about it, I think. To me, this comes down to like, is he going to be healthy for the offseason workouts? Because if not, I could see some sort of like waived injury settlement type of deal here. Um, I mean, they don't have to waive him because he's a free agent. So I could see them not bringing him back because of the, the injury. If he is healthy, you know, maybe it takes him a while to get healthy. He sits around on the open market and a reunion could be interesting. I mean, this felt a lot like a Rand Carthon signing compared to a Mike Vrabel signing when this happened. You know, it was late, right? You know, his training camp was getting underway last year when they realized that Jamarco Jones was an idiot, I guess, and they cut him. <laughs> when they realized what? He's punching people in the face? <laughs> yeah, and uh, they went and got Chris Hubbard. So he was a late signing, late addition, that one-year deal. And again, when he was healthy, he was one of the more consistent guys on the field on the offensive line, which... It's not saying a whole lot because they were bad, but I thought he gave them good snaps. I think working with Bill Callahan can help him. Now, granted, he's going to be 33 this year. It's not like he's a young developmental guy. But um, so I but he see... knows Bill Callahan, doesn't he? They were together in Cleveland. In Cleveland, yeah, absolutely. They spent time together there already. So I think he's an interesting guy for the swing tackle role, considering how much you know the Titans need to rebuild the offensive line and depth. And he's played both left and right. Depth is part of the rebuild. You know, not everyone's going to be a starter, but you still like there are going to be injuries. You need good depth if you want to get through a full season um, and be productive on offense. So that's why I'm in favor of bringing him back now again. 33 years old, serious, going to be 33 years old this season, serious season-ending injury that who knows what the status of him, his body right now could be it for him, honestly, at that age. So... That's where it's kind of like a toss-up to me. But if they like him and they feel good about bringing him back, I'm all on board. 
Well, I, what I was looking up in my messages, I couldn't remember, is that uh, he conti- he plans to continue playing. That's oh. what I had remembered. I okay. think I broke that on this there when it go. happened, uh, when an injury happened. That he was not even thinking about retirement. He wanted to continue playing football, and he was confident in the re- rehabilitation process was going to go just fine. Um, it would be a no. It would be a hard no for me if there wasn't the Bill Callahan factor. Look. If Bill Callahan comes into the room and this is how it works and says, I really like this guy in Cleveland. He's a consummate pro. He plays left and right tackle. He understands our scheme, can help teach the young guys. Maybe there's a world where they bring him back. If you are bringing him back, it's a short term, obviously, like a one-year deal, not a lot of money, which allows him to compete in training camp, doesn't guarantee him a 53-man roster spot. Hey, if you bring him in camp, and he is just way better than Nicholas petit Friere or Jalen Duncan. As much as you're intrigued with the developmental traits maybe those guys have in working with them, I think, especially with petit Friere, has been around long enough where if Hubbard is whooping his ass in camp, I have no problem cutting petit Friere at that point and having right. Hubbard as a swing tackle, to be totally blunt. The age does play a big role. That it's going to give an upper hand to petit Friere and Duncan, but I'm not opposed to bringing this guy back and you know giving him a fair, honest competition with those guys for the swing tackle role. But I don't expect it. I, I imagine he won't be back. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. All right, next guy on the list, Nick Westbrook-Akina. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Nick Westbrook-Akina throughout his tenure in Tennessee has screamed Mike Vrabel guy to me. <laughs> Mike Vrabel is no longer here. I am going to say the Titans can do better and part ways with Nick Westbrook-Akina. I think the Titans probably move on as well. Similar to what I said about Chris Moore. Like, I, I don't think anyone's going to be in this room next year that's not named DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, and Kyle Phillips, right? Like, I think everyone else is going to be new and different through the draft and free agency. So, no, I don't expect them back. I find it very ironic, though. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Titans fans clamoring for, like, Jawan Jennings in free agency when it's like we have Jawan Jennings at home. It's like the Nick <laughs> Westbrook, Akine version of that because he's a big-bodied guy that blocks well and understands his assignment. There's a there's a type, right? There's a role for that type in the offense, and they're probably going to have one of those types, right? But I have a feeling just for, you know, even just for the sake of changing things up, in all honesty, I could see it not being Nick Westbrook-Akine and it being a Jawan Jennings or a draft pick. I mean, how many Super Bowl touchdown passes has Nick Westbrook-Akine thrown? That's true. Zero. <laughs> Jawan Jennings, the opening one too, wasn't it? The yep, opening score, yep, right? Yep. Yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, we mentioned on the last pod talking about Brian Callahan's comments about, you know, collecting different types of receivers exactly. for the room. So you're going to have a guy like this, but I would rather it be Jawan Jennings than Nick Westbrook-Akina. Maybe Fair. just fatigue of seeing Westbrook-Akina for, yeah, right. what, three, four years in Nashville. But um, yeah, so I, I would move on if I was the Titans. Next guy on the list, Trayvon Wesco. Good riddance, bro. Get off my team. Uh, I think there's a good chance... That he's back. In all honesty, I think he should be. This is the one I disagree with you on. I think they they do not need uh, to have a ton of capital invested into the number three tight end. I think you got guys. You got Chigakwankwo. You got uh, uh, Josh Wiley. I don't want them to draft one. I mean, you could sign a different one. That's fine. But ultimately, uh, I think you try to get a guy that's a great blocker, right, as that number three tight end. And that's what Trayvon Wesco is. So me personally, I'm open to the idea here. Trayvon Wesco, though, I mean... You can do better for very low-paid number three tight end, in my opinion. Now, if anyone who is a big fan of this YouTube channel may remember, I did a breakdown of the the Browns' defense just absolutely smothering the Titans. And one of the big culprits in that game was Trayvon Wesco failing to make one-on-one blocks. Now, granted, some of those were against Miles Garrett, which no tight end is really going to be able to hold up very well um, against Miles Garrett. But look, his grade on PFF 
in the 2023 season was 49.8. He's bad. He's not good at this game. So I am out on Trayvon Wesco. I don't think he's like he's a guy that's supposed to be a blocker. And he struggled to me watching the run game struggle a lot last year. Trayvon Wesco was a culprit in getting whooped in the run game a lot of times last season. So I, I think they let him walk and try to find someone else that can do that job. And I kind of feel the same way about the next guy, but uh, you might disagree with me. Corey Levin. I think they're rebuilding this entire room, much like you think they're rebuilding the entire receiver room. I think, you know, Peter Skaronsky, Dylan Radins, Nicholas Petitfrier, Jalen Duncan, Daniel Brunskill. Everyone else from the offensive line room is going to be new, in my opinion. So, I don't know. Corey Levin, I think his time in Tennessee, which has been... Like it happened and then it wasn't happening and then it came back and now I think he's gone this time for real. <laughs> I think he's gone as well. No, I'm with you. I thought you, okay. you said you thought I was going to disagree. I don't. Yeah. I, I just think they're retooling this room, like you said. Another uh, alternative scenario that I talked about, um, I'd like to see Daniel Brunskill be the new Corey Levin. You know, Brunskill's yes. under contract, cheap this year, $2 million, no reason to cut him. You should replace him as your starting right guard. But he's played a little center in his past. He's played both interior positions. I think uh, you essentially replace Corey Levin with Daniel Brunskill, in my opinion. I agree. And that's the role that he had in San Francisco was first guy off the bench for the interior. When somebody goes down for a few snaps or a couple games, Daniel Brunskill steps in and plays at a high level for that short amount of time. But when he's the guy for a full season, he gets a little more exposed. His weaknesses become more obvious. And so I agree. I think... Find a new starter at right guard and shift Daniel Brunskill into that interior swing guy role. Okay, the next guy is a restricted free agent that I have absolutely nothing to say about. Calvin Throckmorton. I, I just I wish I knew if he was a Vrabel guy or a Carthon guy, right? Because they brought him in sort of midseason. He played a little bit for them. He played okay, too. Like, he wasn't bad when he had to play. I, I just... It's hard to say, right? Like, you want to bring them back, compete for a spot. I, you could do worse. But again, they got to add so much talent to this offensive line room that um, I'm, I'm totally fine just moving on. The fact that he's a restricted free agent makes me think maybe they could bring him back on a really cheap deal, you know, um, because he's not going to have a lot of competition there. But I could also see them just not tendering him, letting him walk. Okay, last player on the offense. We got two more players after this on special teams. But last player on offense we're talking about. Julius Chestnut. Now, Julius Chestnut is an exclusive rights free agent, which basically means the Titans have a chance to offer him a one-year contract at the league minimum salary, and he cannot negotiate with other teams if they offer him that. So I think Julius Chestnut will be back, especially if we are leaning towards the idea that Henry will be gone. You're looking at a running back room that consists of, um, obviously, Tajay Spears, Hassan Haskins maybe coming back from IR and some legal troubles to be a member of this room. I don't know. He's a he's a guy from the previous regime, so who knows what his status is. And then Julius Chestnut, Jonathan Ward maybe too. I mean, this is a, a hodgepodge of backs here without Derrick Henry. So I think Tajay Spears, Julius Chestnut is a great starting spot, starting place. You know, two guys that I really actually kind of like in the running back room. And then you see if you can add either a veteran free agent or a UDFA in the draft. But I think they tender Julius Chestnut one-year league minimum, and he can't even negotiate with other teams. I think he's more than worth that as a potential RB2 or RB3 plus a solid special teams player. I agree. I see no reason why you wouldn't 
bring him back, right? Like he's proven time and time again that he can play in this league, right? Yeah. Like he's been a, a star of the preseason. You're figuring out what the new running back room is going to look like potentially without Derrick Henry. Uh, as you said, his situation is a little different. He's not an unrestricted free agent. I, I think there's no doubt that you, you, you bring him back at that price and let him compete because he's a hell of a player. I mean, this podcast, we are noted chestnuts. We're nuts for chestnut <laughs> on this show. Um, okay, let's move on to Morgan Cox. Uh, sure. Yeah. Why not? Need a long snapper. Bring him back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he wants to keep playing, he's like the best in the league, right? Why wouldn't you bring him back if he wants to be back? I mean, I think if he wanted to retire, he probably would have done so already. So if he wants to be back, I mean, he's from Tennessee, right? So if he wants to continue playing football, he probably doesn't want to move at this stage when he's going to go play another year, retire, move back. Right. Like, I mean, right. I know guys can always get an apartment, live out of hotel, yada, yada. But he's made it pretty clear over the last couple of years he wants to be here and nowhere else. So we'll see how things go for him. But I, I certainly think uh, this is where he wants to be. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to be 38 years old this season. So definitely getting up there in age. But that doesn't really affect you as a long snapper. So I think absolutely if he wants to keep playing, he should. OK, last guy on the list. And for some reason, when you go to the Titans Spotrack page and click 2024 free agents, Nick Folk is not on this list. I don't know why, because Nick Folk is set to be a free agent. So what do you think, Justin? This one's actually interesting to me because Nick Folk obviously getting up there and you're 39 years old um, right now, but he was great last year. I mean, he was really great on field goals. Now, extra points. He did have a couple misses that sort of swung the outcome of games um, with his missed extra points. But for the most part, I thought he was really solid. The, the big question to me here is like, when do you try to find your like kicker of the future because the Titans like franchise kicker is kind of a term that I don't really think anyone uses. You know, Justin Tucker is a franchise kicker. Kicker is a super important job in this league that often gets swept under the rug for how important it is. I mean, games are won and lost on the foot of your kicker. And so do you go into a season with one of these UDFAs that they've been kicking around for you know, no pun intended. They're kicking around um, in okay. training camp stuff. The Caleb Shudak type of guys, the Trey Wolf type of guys that just don't have the consistency to be good enough in this league. They had Cade York, you know, they brought in last year and there was some excitement about his him possibly being that kicker of the future. But while he was on the Titans practice squad last year, he got scooped up and signed to another team. So he's not in the mix for the Titans anymore. Is this the year that they try to find that next franchise kicker? Or do you run it back one more time with kick Fol with Nick Folk? And again, kick. I think kick Folk's a great nickname. Kick Folk. How about that? And and then kick that can down the road. There's another kick pun for you. How about that? Um, uh, You know the meme? Why not both? I, I think you bring back Nick Folk. He had too good of a year. No reason you can't sign a UDFA kicker and, and see if you find the Ryan Stonehouse version of a kicker. They pushed Brett Kern to the curb, and they could do the same with Nick Folk if they find the right guy, right? But I think you do both. I think you'd be crazy. Uh, you'd be more crazy, crazier, to go into the year with just like a UDFA kicker and seeing if that works out. Uh, no, I think you do both. I think you grab, you bring back Nick Folk on a, I mean, it's going to be a one-year deal at his age. I think that's what he'd get anywhere. But you look for that UDFA kicker, see if you get lucky. It's usually really hard to find those types. You got to take a couple swing of, swing the bat a couple times, right? So uh, why not both? That's my answer on Nick Folk I mean, and the UDFA. Nick Folk had a career high in field goal percentage last season. He only missed one field goal all year. He was perfect from 49 yards and in, 24 for 24, and five of six from 50-plus yards. Now, he doesn't have 
the strongest leg. It's not like he's out there kicking 65-yard field goals. His longest field goal last year was 53 yards. I mean, the only place he really struggled was extra points where he he missed two. And I think both of those, like I said, sort of sw- swung the outcome of a couple of games there, those two missed extra points. But that's just bad luck that it happened to be in those games. I think the, the Colts game and there was one other game. But overall, I mean, I think Nick Folk had a great season. He had his, his career high in field goal percentage last year with the Titans. And he's played, what, 20 years in the league? 15 years in the league? So crazy. Um, pretty impressive stuff there. But I would be in favor of bringing back Nick Folk. And like you said, also trying to find a young guy that could push him for the starting job. All right. We did it. Offensive free agents covered. That is uh how many guys we even say we would we would be down to bring back like maybe Chris Moore, maybe Chris Hubbard, Hubbard. You would like I said Trayvon, maybe on Trayvon Wesco. You said maybe Trayvon Wesco and we well, both agree Julius Chestnut. I mean I, Yeah, Julius Chestnut, but I think it just goes to show you we're on the right pace here because they're going to totally retool this offense and it needs a retooling. It needs a big retooling. So Yep. Yeah, this is what it's going to be. They're not going to bring a lot of these guys back. All right, next episode, we are going to hit the same topic on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to cover guys like Aziz Alshire, Sean Murphy Bunting, Christian Fulton, Travis Gibson. Remember how excited the fan base was when they signed Travis Gibson uh, late in the offseason last year? Um, and a, a bunch more. There's 12 guys on the defensive side of the ball we need to cover. So we will get into all that on our next episode. So make sure you're subscribed to the Music City Audible podcast. And remember, comment below. Should the Titans bring back anyone from the list we just discussed? If so, who do you think they should bring back? Yes or no on across the board to all the guys we discussed. We want your thoughts as well. So thank you for tuning in. Until the defensive episode, make sure you're following Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. Follow me at Titans Film Room. And we'll be back then. Y'all stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.